thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, a study of adult Americans has shown that less than 7% of them have good metabolic health, with researchers described in the results as a devastating health crisis requiring urgent attention. The team from the Friedman School of Nutrition, Science and Policy at Tufts University looked at 55,000 Americans aged 20 and over across five components of health. They looked at their blood pressure, blood sugar, blood cholesterol, adiposity, in other words, whether they were overweight or obese, and the presence or absence of cardiovascular disease. Their results showed that just 6.8% of Americans were described as optimal in all five components. And then in the case of adiposity and blood glucose in particular, it's getting worse with three in four people being either overweight or obese, and six in ten people suffering either pre-diabetes or diabetes. The numbers are striking. It's deeply problematic that in the United States, one of the wealthiest nations in the world, fewer than one in 15 adults have optimal cardiometabolic health, said Megan O'Hearn, the study's lead author. She went on to say we need a complete overhaul of our healthcare system, food system, and built environment, because it's a crisis for everyone, not just one segment of the population. She also said we need to shift the conversation because disease is not the only problem. She said we don't just want to be free of disease, we want to achieve optimal health and well-being. The study also showed large disparities between people of different sexes, ages, races and ethnicities with those with less education, Hispanic Americans and black Americans faring worst in most cases. Its impacts on national healthcare spending and the financial health of the entire economy are enormous, O'Hearn said. And these conditions are largely preventable. The researchers went on to suggest that food as medicine interventions, incentives and subsidies to make healthy food more affordable, consumer education on a healthy diet, and private sector engagement as possible solutions to help reverse the trends. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now, my opinion on this is that, first of all, I think it's great that we're looking beyond just diagnosed disease. We're starting to look at the function of the individuals, the health of the individuals, as opposed to just whether or not they have cardiovascular disease. You know, we're looking at things like their adiposity. We're looking at their blood sugar levels. We're looking at their cholesterol levels. But I think it can go even further, right? Because these are still just early markers of problems rather than markers of health, right? So perhaps we should go even further and be looking more closely, and I know we are in other areas, but particularly in here, looking more closely at their lifestyle. What are they eating? How are they moving? Those sort of things uh, are going to be just as important as looking for these early markers and, and trying to catch the disease early and certainly more important than waiting until the disease is presented and then trying to backtrack from there. You know, as always, prevention is far better than the cure in terms of healthcare dollars, prevention saves enormous amounts of money. In terms of health, uh, prevention you know, saves enormous amounts of pain and suffering. And in terms of loss of life, you know, prevention prevents people from losing that quality of life that we're seeing for a huge percentage of the population. You know, we're saying here that over 90% of the population aren't metabolically healthy. And really, as the researchers have said here, it all comes back to lifestyle. It's about what food you're eating, it's about how much you're moving, how much you're looking after your health, how much you're looking after your mental health. You know, there's a lot of stuff we can do to really help improve and to change these outcomes. And, you know, whilst the researchers are talking about what can be done at a government level, and I don't disagree with any of those, you know, I, I think the government intervening to try and 
encourage healthy living or, or at least not to subsidize unhealthy living would be a great start. But I do think ultimately it comes down to personal responsibility because I'm not convinced that the government have got it right in terms of what they think creates health. You know, and so if we do then give them the power to be start, you know, taxing us based on our choices, are they going to go and do it the right way? You know, for example, we can see over the last few years, you know, we have been eating less fat over the last you know, few years, few decades. We've certainly been eating less meat over the last few years. There's been a huge push both governmentally, you know, in terms of society, in terms of PR, in terms of the media towards a more plant-based diet, towards more vegetarian, vegan eating. We've seen lower rates of meat consumption, yet at the same time, according to this study, we're seeing higher rates of pre-diabetes, diabetes, and adiposity. In other words, people's blood sugar levels are worsening, people's fat levels are worsening, despite the fact that we are doing what we've been told, which is eating less fat and eating less meat. And I, I worry that if we put it in the hands of the government to be able to tax what foods are healthy and what foods are not, then nutritious, nutrient-dense foods like meats might be on their list of things to tax and to make even more expensive, which I fear will actually make the problem worse. So that's why I think it does ultimately need to come down to personal responsibility rather than government intervention. And we really need to start thinking about what impact this is then having on other diseases and even pandemics that have been going on all around the world. Because if only 7% of people are metabolically healthy, then that by definition means that the other 90 odd percent are at greater risk of disease, are at greater risk of ending up with chronic disease uh, and as a result being more susceptible to things like COVID, but also just at a greater risk of having lowered immune function as a result of the loss of function that results from the loss of metabolic function. So, you know, this could be having far greater and far more widespread impacts on our health, on our performance, on our productivity, on our budgets than I think anyone really, really knows. So, you know, I think it's time we start counting the true cost of our lifestyles and understanding just how much people's poor health choices are impacting on them, on their health, on their finances, but also on their communities and on the globe as a whole in terms of these pandemics, in terms of the increasing rates of chronic disease, in terms of lost productivity, in terms of mental health. You know, our lifestyles really are having a massive impact on a really broad range of areas. So, you know, when it comes to health, absolutely prevention is better than the cure. We need to start looking at our lifestyles. We need to start focusing on metabolic health and what we can do to get our metabolic health back, both as an individual and as a society. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash This Week in Wellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.